Who do you believe in? Who moves you? Who inspires you? My name is Tarek Ture, and I want you to meet some of the people that inspire me. And they've done that simply because no matter the situation, they've gone above and beyond. Welcome to Above and Beyond. Assalamu alaikum, peace. Uh, salam to everybody. This is a very special episode because it's our first episode of the Above and Beyond podcast. I'm here with somebody who's near and dear to me, but also near and dear to the city of Baltimore, uh, to the surrounding areas, a local legend, um, and somebody who has been going above and beyond since I've known him um, and, and known to many of people around the city. So um, we just want to dig in. We're here with Sharif of Sharif's Grill, and we're going to learn a little bit about him, uh, his journey, what's got him here to the point that he's at now, and why we're in this new special place, hopefully at the end. He can tell you everything that's going on. So, Assalamu alaikum. Thank you so much for coming out. Um, so before we get started, um, I just wanted to kind of backtrack because a lot of people they wanna they wanna know, you know, how did this finished product happen? Um, how did people get to where they are? Um, and a lot of things that we learn, we learn from where we come from. So, uh, mm-hmm. first of all, um, what part of Baltimore are you from? Um, and what do you mm-hmm. think about you know about that being from where you're from helped you to where you are now? Um, okay, so I'm originally from East Baltimore, was born in John Hopkins, you know, grew up in Somerset Projects, and um, I think in like in 1980, I moved to West Baltimore, mm. over um, near Drew Hill Avenue, Sandtown area, um, and that's where, you know, uh, I did the elementary school and all the things like that, um, and I think that I don't really like to claim any part of Baltimore. Mm. I just like to, you know, I've been everywhere. Yeah. You know, I've been a lot of places. And um, mm. part of my story is I did a lot of time in um, in institutions, you know, mm. in juvenile institutions. And, you know, um, with that being said, I met a lot of people mm. from all over, Greenmount, Park Heights, you know, uh, you know, Latrobe. Per- so anyway, so I met so many people that it was – easy for me to go anywhere in the city Mm. you know and you know um not necessarily blend in but just um had an identity anywhere in the city i went so i I met a lot of different people and that was um kind of like an avenue for me to be able to um you know um develop relationships with different people throughout Mm. you know baltimore so it wasn't nothing for me to just say okay it's time to open up something in east baltimore Or even when I was um, in the drug trade, I would just, I would be like one of those type of people that just went over, you know, I I might open up shop here, there, whatever. So, and I'm just a people person, Mm -hmm. you know, so um, it it helped me throughout this journey, you know, me um, in the business field because um, so many people supported me from all over Baltimore. It wasn't just like, oh, he's from East, I ain't messing with him, or, you know, because Baltimore is real geographical, you know what I'm saying? You know, so yeah, that's where I'm originally yeah. from. Yeah, so I mean, I know for sure, even for me, you can get, you can get stuck in a pocket of like where your neighborhood is, where you might hang out at, and you might go for summers, hang around your homeboys, and never like go across Charles Street or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so who I would say in in business, um, even early on, you know, people who whatever type of business they've been in. Um, who is some of your early influences in business? Mm. Like people, when you think of like 
you saw them and you were like, oh, I might be able to try to do something myself? Well, um, just to, uh, you know, add on to the, the, um, the previous question is like, um, when I opened up my first spot in, mm-hmm. in, in, at, at Masjid Al-Hop is where I actually started from mm-hmm. um, on Islamic Way. Um, I, I re- you know, I, I didn't even have a stool, so everybody was like, when are you going to get a stool? So I got a stool <laughs> with Wes, and then it was like I wanted to um, get a stool over East just because, not just because I was from East Baltimore, mm-hmm. but because I know how geographical our people are. <laughs> right, you right, know, right. I knew how the younger people would be like, oh, we got our own joint right, right, right. now. Y'all, we ain't got to come yeah. over the vibe. We ain't got to come <laughs> over West. We got our own one, and right, that was at right. Miami and Chester Street. And, you know, um, that was kind of like a marketing plan for me, you know, mm-hmm. to try and expand the brand. Um, but who were some of my influences were, um, I had three main people that was really um, influences of mine. And um, one of them was, um, <clears throat> it's, it's ironic because two of them name is, is Sharif. Okay. One of them <laughs> named is Sharif. He had a store in East Baltimore, Miami, and like Milton. You remember the and, name of it? Uh, I don't remember the name of the store, but he was like, everybody knew him over there because he was one of the first, he was a New York guy, and he was one of the first guys that had a store mm. that sold the beepers, and they sold the, the phones. This one, like, cell phones really got popular, and they used to be the big, okay. with the big cases, right. you know, the big <laughs> yeah. batteries on them, and um, they had them, you know, and, and I used to go to his store, and I used to see all the clothes he was selling, and all the, and I was like, wow, you know, um, because... Where I came up from, I came up in the eighties and the in the nineties and it wasn't a lot of black businesses mm. that I really like felt like that really impacted me mm. until I met um Chopper. Okay. Chopper Nelson. You okay. know, he he owned the spot. They used to call it Choppers, now they call it Capital Lounge. But uh-huh. even still he had a little barber shop on Orville and um maybe Lanville. Uh, I think it was in his mother's shop. He had a little and then he got on Pennsylvania Avenue. He opened up this nice barber mm. shop, and then he opened up the lounge, and then he opened up some other things. And those, that that really inspired me. So I kind of like, uh-huh. you know, wanted to um, have a business. And he kind of like helped me out along the way when I first came home in um, '04. He gave he the first one gave me a laptop, mm. and I was able to put pictures on shirts. And as mm. a result, um, and it was a brother named Sharif Johnson. Uh-huh. You know, in the Lahi because he was a good brother of mine, and he, I used to, he was one of my sahabas, and I used to really look up to this brother, you know, uh-huh. because he was business-minded, and he actually helped me when I first um, went on this voyage to um, to open up at Masjid Al-Haq, and he gave me some advice and told me where I could go at to get the Italian ice, and he gave me his Restaurant Depot card and told me, you know, just gave me some, some insight and mm-hmm. some game, you know, and I, I'm... So I'm grateful for that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So those were like three of my influences. You know, it's making me think about uh, uh, brother Edwin Sharif Rahimullah. Mm. Um, he passed away a few years ago, and he was also somebody. He was one of my father's friends, but uh, his family used to own, I think it's a bar or something on on Rice's Town Road. Um, and he was like one of the few brothers at the masjid that would be, and I'm just crazy as his name ever, Sharif. Mm-hmm. Um, but he used to be on us like, y'all little brothers need to start business. You need to sell something. Mm-hmm. So maybe it'd be something with the name Sharif or something like that. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I had to name my next son Sharif. <laughs> yeah. um, so um, 
you know, you, you talked about these people like giving you an opportunity, looking out, giving you game. But uh, with game, you also need to hustle as well. You need the work ethic as well. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what could you say about, you know, where you learned your work ethic from? And was that, you know, how you keep on rocking and rolling every day? Well, I think my work ethic came from my mother, mm. you know, um, because I, I grew up in a household where um, I had to... I had to, like, I had to do chores, you know, mm. I had to really do chores, I had to wash dishes, I had to sweep the floor, mop the floor, I had to arm my clothes, I had to sew clothes, and it was just like, all these things were taught to me early on, you mm. know, um, and I didn't really like it then, but, you know, and we, we had a different work, you know, we used to go out and carry bags, and we used to go out and squeegee, and we used to go out and just, you know, do anything to make money, because money wasn't so, um, accessible as it is now at least mm-hmm. it didn't seem like it was when i was a kid right, right. so um just those things you know i took pride in you know honoring my clothes for school and keeping my room clean making my bed up cleaning my dresser off put, you know i just i took probably took pride in those things and mm-hmm. I, i'm real like i, I like to clean I, I'm, right. I'm really big on cleanliness and um you know and and keeping things neat and organizing so that was kind of like what was able to help me um you know uh take this into the business field when I got here, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's where I really get my work ethic from, you mm-hmm. know, um, because I can say that, I don't know, it's just, it is what it is, you know, I, I've had plenty of jobs throughout Baltimore City, mm-hmm. but it was always something in me that I just kind of like presented working for people, mm-hmm. I, right, didn't, right. I did, I just didn't want to work for people, and I, and, and now that I look, I look back on my life, and I understand that like the resentment came from um, I felt like I, sh- I felt like I shouldn't have been working for certain people. Mm. I felt like I was greater than that, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and maybe you know, there's something else going on there. But like yeah. that's kind of like I always felt like I was a boss or I right. should be in a certain position and stuff right. like that. And right. I always um, been a leader, mm-hmm. you know. And I've always been able to get people to do what I need them to do mm-hmm. pretty much you know not being manipulative but just being kind kind of people really mm-hmm. and you know it was just I have a certain authority about myself that mm-hmm. people just fall in line most of the time you know um, and that's kind of like was that something you noticed when you were like younger or yeah okay alright yeah cause when everybody else was pop break dancing <laughs> and spinning on their head and <laughs> All that uh, rapping, like I wanted to be the manager. I wanted to be uh, like the, okay. the, that's that was my because all, all right. my homeboys they had the, the hoodies on with uh-huh. the and they used to do all this <laughs> and and I was too cool for that. Yeah. I was like, nah, I was like, just you know, I'm gonna set something up and we can you uh-huh. know we might do something shake and bake or we might do something over East Baltimore because I had like these guys that I used to hang out with over um, West and it was big. You know, big dancers, and I mm. couldn't do none of that. So you know, I'm a manager, mm-hmm. and, and I was the youngest up. one, and I really, you know, <laughs> everybody kind of like came to my house every uh-huh. day, and you know, wanted to see what I, you know, I had to say about it, you know. So we, so we were taking a long trip back from Detroit this past weekend, mm-hmm. and um, I just decided to to watch the series. I was watching the road, but I was watching the series, the Hip Hop Evolution, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. so one of the keep one of the uh, one of the key parts of it was uh, when Russell Simmons was able to finally get in contact with some talent uh, through his brother and through other people. And so he didn't, need, he didn't have in his mind that he was gonna say one bar of a rap or, or spit one verse. Mm-hmm. He 
thought this can be a legitimate product that we, we bring to the masses. And so watching that episode about Russell Simmons and Run DMC and the people that he worked with mm-hmm. made me realize that like, you know, you need people to see past just the operations of these things. Like where is this going? You know, what what new um, frontier are we gonna take this to? Mm-hmm. And it takes us, you know, a certain type of mind to be able to do that. Um, I ask you, my next question is, what was that like defining moment? Is it a defining moment that you can think of when you were like, all right, I gotta work for myself. This not, you know, this 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 ain't gonna work. <laughs> yeah, um, to me, that's kind of like a two part question, but mm-hmm. like um, just to, um, yeah, I, I finally realized it was on a Friday one day. I mean, I was at um, I was at the masjid, and I was setting up, and you know, by this time. I had already left the city. I had already kind of like um, made my made my stance at the match here because you know what we had for us was that it was already open game for us to you know um, be merchants at, at right. the match right. at the match here. And I was um, I just I just you know me the type of person I just took it to the next level. I was <laughs> like I ain't just doing it on Fridays. I'm I'm doing it every day. You know what I'm saying because. It was already a lane there for mm-hmm. me, so it was like it was cool. And right. I looked up one day on a Friday, and I had made a thousand dollars, and I was like, I might be on to something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I, I right. never like I never bought home a paycheck over a thousand dollars. You know, in my whole career, right. like you know, um, I don't think I did. Uh-huh. You know, maybe maybe with the city I may have because that was every right. two weeks though. But I never made like a thousand dollars in one day. Right. So. Um, and then I started doing the math in my head, and I was like, you know, I was paying um, three people fifty dollars a day mm. to come in right. and um, and help me out, and I stayed open seven days a week. You know what I'm saying? So that was about forty five hundred dollars a month. Right. So at that point, I was like, I need to maybe start thinking about getting a building. Right. And stop, <laughs> you know, breaking down and setting up every day. And then I had um, the clientele. Because Fridays was crazy. You remember yeah, how man yeah, said the hockey yeah. used to wow. be? It was crazy because it was like, <laughs> I mean, I never seen nobody had the type of uh, clientele that I had at yeah, the match yeah, because crazy. people would come in, they would want to pay before June. They'd be like, yo, <laughs> let me give you my money now because I know that they after, wild. They it's going to be, you yeah. know, it's going to be crazy. And then after June, they just was coming. It might be 40, 40 people in line. And they just, uh-huh. you know, people trying, yo, let me get mine. And it was just, it was chaos and then that's when I kind of like figure yeah I need to uh you know have my own yeah. you know stuff like that yeah yeah I, um I'm, I'm trying to think it went from like yo he got some great food to especially when you started making the wraps and it was like yo these is great and then it came to like I gotta really think about going to pray now because I gotta account for uh getting there praying paying getting in line beating everybody in line so that's like it's like a half an hour after June but it's like you know what it's so good I'm gonna go ahead and stay and I think you you introduced the sauce I don't did you introduce it immediately or or was it after like some trial and error but I felt like once you introduced the sauce it was like it was over nah it was funny because I started out with just well, actually, I only had $290 when I started. Hmm. And I had... Say um, that again one more time for two, people. <laughs> I had my last check from the city. It was like $290. I'll never forget it. Uh-huh. I went I went up on Dom and I cashed the check. 
I'm coming down Pennsylvania Avenue, and actually, I'm going to tell you, like, because a lot of people don't know this, I'm coming down Pennsylvania Avenue, and it was, like, I think between, um, uh, um, right, right between um, uh, Fulton and, uh-huh. like, Clifton. It was a girl on the, on the right hand. She used to have this little Italian ice cup. Mm-hmm. She used to pull it. It was, like, a wooden car she made, and she was out there selling Italian ice, and she was selling hot dogs and ha- cheeseburgers on the grill on the Bandominium, like on the, yeah. on the you know, on the Indian, uh, on the empty uh, step. And um, I see she got a line out there. She got like five people out there. So some of this was like pull over, not pulled over, not tasted. Um, no, I got in line. And time I got up to the line, all, everything was sold out. So she gave me Italian ice. And I sat in my car and I ate this Italian. I was like, damn, this joint good. It was mango. <laughs> i never forget it. Uh-huh. It was summertime. And so she, I, I was like, because I, I, I was too impatient to wait for the burger. So she's like, wait. And I was like, nah. So by the time I finished eating this ice, she's like, it's only going to be two minutes. You want the burger? So I taste the burger. And I was like, damn, this joint good. <laughs> and I'm the whole time, like, now I'm really trying to figure out what I'm, because I just came home. Mm-hmm. I really lost everything. I had, um, I had bought my daughter a car. And I had to get the car back from my daughter because she hadn't got a license yet. And right. so I was just using that car. And I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do to survive. Because I had just got married. Uh-huh. And um, and that's when I decided to take that money and invest it. Right. And I said, I could do what she doing. Right. But right. I could do it at the mosque. You know, and right. I just felt like that I could probably do mm-hmm. a little better. That's when I called Sharif. And Sharif was like, you got to go down Jet Rules. You got to get. Mm-hmm. And I started out literally with a, a bucket of a mango Italian ice, a pack of halal hot dogs, and a, and a pack of halal alfalfa uh, burgers. And I sat up right there at the basketball court, and that was my first. That's how mm. Sharif started. You know Shout out to outside, <laughs> <Osafa> burgers. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yep. Oh, but about the sauce. So yeah. Um. So after about a month, I'm coming out every day. Now I'm pumped up because right. I'm telling you, I come from a, I come from a, a, a era where I, I hustle. Right. Right. I so you know, you know, dope coke and stuff like that. So, but. I had all, I made a promise to a law that I wasn't going to do that. Mm-hmm. When I got out, I said, that's it. I'm done. And this was my way of, you know, so I, when the same thrill I got out of selling that stuff, I got the same thrill out of selling mm-hmm. hot dogs and hamburgers. And I never had to look back. And to this day, I never had to look back. And that's mm-hmm. been 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I never sold any, you know, more narcotics or nothing like mm-hmm. that. And I'm so grateful. But so after that first month, I went to Walmart, and then Walmart had, like, a, a grill on sale for, mm. like, $200. It was a big silver, like, propane grill, uh-huh. and I bought that joint in the hood. <laughs> you would, people was like, you know, what is he doing? You know what <laughs> I mean? So now I got a stove on this joint. So now I'm I'm, right. I, now I'm able to show some of my talent that, you know, I, I worked at the Cheesecake Factory. I worked at uh-huh. York Steakhouse, Vantage Havana, uh, Barking Cafe. I worked at a lot of restaurants. Mm. So I had a lot of restaurant experience. But when I went inside the feds, I learned how to make wraps. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And you wasn't you wasn't nothing if you ain't had no vegetables on the compound because right. that's how all the big boys ate. They had vegetables. So okay. anyway, now I got a chance to make this stuff on the street. So I'm chopping up vegetables because my, my knife game vicious. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cheesecake Factory took me a lot. So now I'm cutting up these vegetables. I'm sauteing them and I'm grilling chicken on them. So now people start to come around and look and they like, what the heck? You know? Right, right. And I started doing the raps during a time when Everybody was trying to eat healthy. Everybody mm. was trying to get away from cheese steak subs, and they was trying to get away from all the, uh, you know, chicken boxes. So right. I came with something different, you mm. know. And I tried to get Ansel, um from 
some halals up. Okay, I, yeah. I tried. To, I pulled the brother up, and I, he used to come down, and I asked him. I said, "Brother, can I get the sauce?" I said, "I need a sauce," because I had the rap, but I never had a yeah, sauce. Yeah. He was like, "I don't think I'm gonna be able to do that. I can't give up my sauce." You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, uh, brother, um, uh, 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 Will Franklin, uh, Will Alamine. So, mm-hmm. Will was bringing all the, all the OGs down. Every time he bring them to the mat, he said, "Man, you gotta eat." For right. the brother, right? right? So he pushed up on Ansar one day and said, Man, why you don't give me sauce? He was like, Man, you know, man, all the way down here. He's like, I said, Look, just relax, just cook. So it made me make my own sauce. So okay. I wound up coming up with my own, and it just called it was way, I felt like it was way better because Ansar kind of like started playing out. He uh-huh. had the fish and chips and stuff, but yeah. like, you know, I made my own sauce. I was happy. Uh-huh. And, um, and that's when the raps really, really uh-huh. started being that. You and know. Can, can folks buy the sauce commercially yet? Not yet. Um, okay. I'm working on it. Okay. I'm working on it. Um, I got. Uh, I'm working on with some Muslim brothers. Mm-hmm. I actually, um, the Sunnah um, uh, 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 company, and they're going to help me out with the. Uh, I started working out with Rashid and, and the brothers down there. Okay. Um, and so either way, it's going to happen this yeah. year. Yeah. Twenty. There's a lot of things that's happening good in twenty twenty. Because where we at, you can get the. Um, the mambo sauce, like the DC mambo mm-hmm. sauce, like yeah. the spicy. I don't know what they put in it, but you can get that like, you know, can like buy a giant or something like yeah. that. Now I'm working on it, definitely, yeah. definitely. I'm, I already got some labels, but mm-hmm. I just want to fortify. But I had so much stuff yeah. going on in 2019. I, <laughs> I ain't gonna lie to you. You I don't even know, know the half. You know, you might yeah. know some of it, but yeah. Yeah, from outside looking at it, it's like, yeah, he he got the wheels spinning. Um, mm-hmm. But they're going in a healthy direction. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing is, is uh, so we talked about, you know moment of, of basically getting the clear mind of like all right i need to take this 290 this needs to become something because if this sister doing it right here she just sold out outside of the endominium i know for mm-hmm. a fact um and so i know a lot of uh my mentors they'll be like you have to go from a hustle to a business mm-hmm. and so what was that stage like for you well when I saw that opportunity, that was just my lane. Mm-hmm. That was my. I was like, "Shit, this is it right, right. here." I got the. I got to go ahead from the mindset. Then all uh-huh. I got to do was just keep running back and forth. I had that little Volvo that I got from Abdul Kareem. <laughs> I wore that joint out. Shout out to Abdul Kareem. Yeah, I ran that joint up. You know what I'm saying? I was back and forth, back uh-huh. and forth. But um, um, I can, I don't want to like. Could you repeat the question? Meaning like, um, you said you had to get a building. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means that took probably a lot more red tape than being at the masjid. Okay, all right, so this right, what happened. employees, yeah. you're doing payroll, you're mm-hmm. doing all that. So now, you know, you're moving into a more structured environment. Yeah, but so what was that like for um, you? I, th- I was winging everything, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I was winging it because I know, even although I never had a building, but I always, like, really, this was like the, the pre-business, mm-hmm. you know, out here because, like, it, it gave me that, because I was outside every day at the same time every day. Right. You know, we opened from 10 to 6 every mm-hmm. day. Even some days when I didn't want to come out, my brother Abdul Kareem called me, where you at? I, I'm like, right. I'm, like, man, I'm telling you, it's money outside. I come out right. here. So I had my same workers out. I, I, I opened up. I was consistent. Um, my food was consistent. Um, and, and the hustle was just there. Mm-hmm. It was just like time for a building. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? At that point, so when I, uh, so I just saved my money. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember starting, um, I didn't have that. I, I might have saved like 4000 mm-hmm. or something like that. And that's when um, uh, Will Alamein came and said, man, you want to build it? 
And I was like, yeah, I want a building. He was like, man, you should have a building. So I said, yeah. So he said, ride around here with me. So he took me around to Carrier Franklin. Okay. So um, originally when we rode around there, I was like, and I had rode by that building a lot of times, and I really, I wanted that. I mean, I uh-huh. kind of like before, I wasn't, didn't know what I wanted, but I liked that building. Mm-hmm. So anyway, when I went down there, he wanted to be a partner with me. He wanted to put a car wash there, and it was an older guy there selling crabs. Like so, when we get when I went to get the building zoned, it wasn't zoned for a car wash. So he backed out, okay. and then me and the older brother took the. So I said I would take the kitchen, and he could keep the parking lot because mm. he sold crabs out there. And that was like um, in March of 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, came in, gave the landlord the money. And I just moved in, and I, I was really skeptical because I really didn't think that people. Everybody really tried to talk me out of moving around there. They 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 would say things like, you know, nobody never lasts in that building, mm. or um. So building had a history. It did have a history. It had a, a, a now you know even later as I, I I got in the building I found out, and it was a standalone spot. Mm. It wasn't like. It was other stores around. Right, and it was right. like on the island, so it's like right. you had to really want to come there to come right, there, you right. know. And um, but I took a chance, and I really, I knew, I felt like it was gonna work. Mm-hmm. I was just felt like it was gonna work, and you know, I. But I was skeptical because I was like, everybody not gonna come from around Pennsylvania Avenue because you had all the guys from the Avenue, all the you know, all the Muslims, everybody. But mm-hmm. people showed support. They yeah. rallied around me. They came, and I remember having my grand opening July third, two thousand ten, mm-hmm. and um. I was just, I had the moon bounces out, and mm-hmm. you know, I had, it was just, it was exciting, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it, it worked out, you yeah. know. I had uh, a couple people, I had Noelle, this Muslim sister, I had her husband, I had my brother, mm-hmm. and I had one Spanish girl named Maggie, and she used to, you know, she would come around, and mm-hmm. you know, and that's how we started, and I was in there every day, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, and you know, and that's kind of how I made that transition, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, but as far as like, getting the BGE on, yeah. and, you know, getting the licenses and get permits. It's just like you just got to go through that. You got to mm-hmm. go. I'll tell you, you got bump your head. One thing about those people is they'll tell you what you need. Right, right. You just got to be persistent enough to do mm-hmm. it. You know what I'm saying? When the health department come in and they say, oh, you need X, Y, and Z, I need X, Y, and Z. So I got to mm-hmm. get that done. And I just going to keep on until I, you know, until I open. Right, you know? right. And that's how that was. I'm thinking about, uh, like, how you describe and basically – having to go into this building that already got history but it's also like a leap of faith on your on your, on your side too because you're thinking about um you know all these people going to come here hmm. and then like having to deal with you know whether or not these people actually show up and they actually showed up what can mm-hmm. you say to those people those early people they probably most of them probably still patronize you today mm-hmm. but at that moment it was like it yeah. was so like i can't even explain like when I started seeing like people trickle in that was coming from around mm-hmm. uh, the tent or from around the avenue or you know when Fat Lie and them came around or you know just you know that sister from the mad shit or that brother came around and you know it was just so it was so humbling and I was just so grateful and um, and they got the same you know they got the same thrill as they got when I was around there because like you know same conversation. Mm-hmm. And they was a big part of the story, you know what mm. I'm saying? So it was just, it was just humbling. I don't yeah, know, you yeah. know. Um, and, and I can say this, like, I, I had my grand opening July 3rd, mm-hmm. 2010. By June of uh, 2011, 
I needed an accountant because I was I was hiring everybody under the table, mm-hmm. and I had saved up so much money. You know, um, well not saved up so much. I had like a hundred and eighty thousand in the bank. Mm-hmm. Like I did, I did numbers. Yeah. I, like I almost yeah. did. A, I, I did. I did over half a million my first year there. And my second year, I did close to a million. I did nine hundred and eighty thousand dollars in sales. Insane. You know what I'm saying? Coming yeah. from two hundred and ninety dollars, mm-hmm. it was just like unheard of. You know? Right, right. And um, you know, I had some brothers give me some good advice. You know, they told me, you know, uh, early on, like, you know, um, be careful with the money because it's not your money; it's the business money. So, mm-hmm. um, had I, if I didn't listen to that brother, I probably would have just went on and just been stupid with the money, just mm-hmm. was been, you know, splurging. But I wouldn't spend nothing, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't spend anything, you know. And it was like, um, it was just, it was, it was a good, good experience for me, you know. Um, what would you say is something a part of that? part of that I guess growth that people would never think you know um, that has taken place like an obstacle that that people would never think that came about that you was able to like get past or or get through well I think the biggest obstacle I had I was um, you know I I, I was addicted to drugs at an early age you know Mm -hmm. Um, I had I had an addiction you know alcohol drugs Mm -hmm. and um, those were kind of like in um I was um, in and out of institutions like the majority of my life. I thought I was a drug dealer, but I was really probably, I, I, I could do, I, I really, my heart wasn't really in selling drugs, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I just was, um, because that's what was going on mm-hmm. around at that time, and um, that was an easy way to make money for me, but my heart was never in it, you mm-hmm. know? So I think that kind of like one of the things that a lot of people didn't know, I, I, I battled drug addiction for uh, many years, and mm-hmm. um so that was one of the things that I really had to um, overcome. And um, I also had to, uh, you know, a lot of people don't know, and, and, and for small businesses that starting, like one of the the biggest hurdles for us is to get get capital, mm-hmm. you know, have access to capital. Mm-hmm. Like, because we starting raw, you know, we starting, you know, with just sweat equity, you know what I mean? Right. Just working your butt off and, you know, we, we not, most of us don't, we, the credit's not good, so we're mm. not getting loans. We're mm. not getting, we don't have investors. You know, it's just like our, you know, our idea and what we believe in, our mm. vision, and you know, and we just going straight, you know, from the mud, just right. trying to get it. You right. know, what I'm saying there's very few people that's going to come in and, you know, invest in what you're doing. Right. So you know, I feel like that if a lot more um, people had, but what I can say about that is, it's levels. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying so. Sometimes if you're giving something, if somebody give you a hundred thousand to start a business, you're not gonna know what to do with it. Right, right, yeah. You're not. You right. just gonna you're gonna blow it or right. you you so you I think it's like you have to work your way up. Mm-hmm. You know, like with that two ninety, I took that two ninety and I, I flipped it. I kept and I, I had to prove myself at the match year yeah. for me to go to that next level. Precisely. You know, mm-hmm. and then two thousand twelve I opened up my second location, mm-hmm. you know. And it's funny how, you know, Come from not having no, I mean, outside to having one location. Then, as soon as you get one location, then everybody, when you gonna open up a second? <laughs> when you gonna put some East Baltimore? You know what I mean? So, I was able to um, save enough money. I mm-hmm. funded all of my own projects. Um, I think it cost me roughly probably about forty thousand dollars to open up Chester Street. It mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't that bad, you know. Like it's, it's a lot more like to do this. It's a lot more, but. Yeah. Um, um, but it's it's fun though. Yeah. It's fun because well, coming where I come from, like I could have been still in the penitentiary, or I could have yeah. been dead somewhere, and I just like I like 
learning. I like teaching. I like mm. just being out here and, and, and going through the, the mm. struggle. You know what I'm saying? Um, so last two ones. One um, is how do you manage expectations now? Do you feel like do you feel like you have the weight of expectations on your shoulders, um, or is it something that you've always been able to, to kind of work through? Um, what, what people expect, or, or maybe uh, what people who, who want to invest in, in, you know, in the business expect, or anything like I that. I mean, you know, with, with this business, it's tough, like, because you know, if you win, you're a hero. If you if you lose, you're a hole. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And it's like um, everybody lo- loves a winner. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, and it was it it was difficult, you know, um, going through a lot of things uh, because. Our people sometimes could be the worst people, mm-hmm. you know, and I hate this. I mean, they could even make you or break you, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because any little thing, yeah. you know, they want to put you on the magnifying yeah. glass. Yeah. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, they don't give us the same break as they'll give a white entity. Right. You right. know what I'm saying? They don't. They just like, uh, oh, you, you know, you black or you, you ghetto or, you know, or, you know, something mm-hmm. like and it's like we don't get a fair shake when it comes to our own people. Like I'm the same one that will give your family free food, or <laughs> I may give you some credit, or but right. you you won't give me the same level of respect mm. as you give somebody yeah. from another ethnicity. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? And that's what kind of like um, some of the struggles that I felt like. But I'm the type of person like I don't pay that stuff no. I mean yeah. I, I think about it, but right. yeah, it's it's gone like that. Because if I keep dwelling on that, then I'm not going to get ahead. So right. I have to, you know, um, thank for people sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've had, like, thousands of situations where mm-hmm. I remember I had a girl come in the store over West, and she came and she had a dog with her. Like, you know, it was a little cute dog. But, you know, I asked her, you know, she walked into the store, and I asked her, like, you know, I told her she couldn't really have the dog in the store because, mm-hmm. like, it's a place of business. Like, we selling food. And she... Wanted to cuss me out, you know, and I was just saying like, you wouldn't have went in, in right. certain stores. Like now they they letting people come in stores with dogs right, and right. stuff like that, but I wasn't really with that because right. you know I, I was I was paranoid. I was just open. Right. I didn't know what was you know right. what I could do, what I couldn't do, right. and you know it's just a lot of different. You know, even with hiring, mm-hmm. you know when I started out with all black staff, you know, and um, you know I've given everybody a break. You right. know, everybody a shot. I've had Koreans, I've had white people, I had family members, Muslims, non-Muslims. I had everybody right. work for me, you know. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I wear a lot of hats. So mm-hmm. I got to be a good judge of character. I got to mm-hmm. be intuitive of, like, what's going on. I got to mm-hmm. see, you know, who's going to work here, who's not. I have to make these judgments in order yeah. to stay open. So at the end of the day, it's a a business. A business main priority is to stay open. Right. To make money. Right. You know, it's not about... Um, making friends is mm. not about being, um, you know, uh, it's not about being loyal to a, a certain demographic mm. or a certain race of people. Mm. It's just, it's, that's not what it is to right. me. You know, um, I just, I, 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 who's ever the most qualified for the job and that's going to be able to keep our doors going and mm. keep the brand going and that's what I'm going to go with. Mm. You know, and that's just how it is with me. Um, lastly, so, so we're here now uh, on site uh, at the the coming location, uh, the grill. So so uh, it was Sharif's grill, but this particular location is going to be the grill, mm-hmm. which is going to be 
a different experience. Can you tell tell the folks about what this different experience? Mm-hmm. What, what you want? What you wanted to see? Uh, what your vision is for? Well, my vision is um, I, I wanted to show growth and mm-hmm. like where we've come from. You know um, what we can do mm-hmm. um, because this isn't just for me. This is for us. Like mm-hmm. you know, I feel like. You know, even if you don't know me, you can identify with me. You feel like, you know, even if you got people coming from, and you'll say, let me take a motion reach because, you know, you feel like that, you know, I might have met him in passing, or I might know him, and like, and mm-hmm. I feel like that this is ours. This is something mm-hmm. that we could, we could proudly say that this is ours. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, you know, it's, you know, aesthetically pleasing. You know, it's, 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 it's a lot better than my other locations, mm-hmm. you know, and I just wanted to show the group. Actually, to be honest, I wasn't even going to do this. I wasn't even going to do the new spot. Mm-hmm. I was because I just got me a brand new food truck. And my wife really, I, I asked my wife, I said, what do you think I should do? I said, you think I should do this spot or not? And she kind of like talked me into it because she's like, um, she's like a restaurant critic. She's like a blogger. <laughs> okay. or, you know what I mean? She she goes to a lot of, you know, high-end restaurants. She goes to a lot. I mean, not just high-end. She goes to a lot of restaurants and she mm-hmm. knows restaurants. And um, she saw something that I didn't see. Mm-hmm. You know, it's prime location. Um, it, it it extends the brand. Um, she told me she would, you know, be there every step of the way, you know, to help out, and she has. Okay. You know, and um, yeah. So this, I, I wasn't gonna do it, but I just saw a face when you said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> not that I didn't want to do it. No, she's extremely happy. So, oh, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not that yeah. I didn't want to do it. I've always been afraid of the. Um, of the responsibility of running a restaurant. Carryouts mm. are easy. Right. You know, you get your food, you go, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, really having to sit in and cater to people and, you know, and uh, I know I'm a natural for real, but um, it's always that what if. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes yeah. people come in and, you know, our people, we could be, we, you know, I know how it is. We could be tough. <laughs> you know what I mean? When they come to restaurant, hey, things taking all along, yeah. food cold. You know, and I really wanted to be right, and I don't want to fail. You yeah. know, so I, I I'm so comfortable with doing the kite, something that I know mm-hmm. is kind of hard for me to go outside of. Yeah, because it's working. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because I like to keep my reputation good. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? One yeah. of the things that um I, I just, even for myself noticing is that so much uh, business is done online. Mm-hmm. Uh, the like food is like one of the last, I guess, things we have to like. One, going to be one of the last things that we have to go out and have experiences mm-hmm. and so even from being down at the masjid you still provide an experience as your food is there but also it's the people that you know people you love and family and all that is all tied into you being down there so we know the sauce and, the, and all that stuff is good but it's also the people like you were saying the brother being like no we're gonna go buy from Sharif because he here um so I think you know in my opinion and this is, you know, my heart of hearts. I think bringing a new experience to this, hmm. it, it adds value for people like myself and other people who, you know, when they venture out, they want to eat some good food. They also want to eat it in a nice place. And it looks very nice because we've had uh, Asia. She did the interior design yeah, and stuff. Yeah, so can you, can you drop the line for her? Yeah, really definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shout out to AA Lodge Interior Design Scholars. Yeah. That's my daughter. Like, um... She she was uh, so as soon as I decided after Sydney um, after my wife was like look we're gonna do it I called Asia so I'm like Asia look I just you know I just you know uh, I made this acquisition I bought the restaurant from uh, the brother because I've been telling her I was gonna do stuff and, and sometimes it didn't ever you know come through but so I was like I'm serious so she was mm-hmm. like all right I'm I'm coming up so she came up yeah, yeah. and she came up here and she uh 
No, she she's she got all her little state of the art uh, apps and she yeah. took the measurements and all yeah. that and you know what I, I, I shout out to Asia though because she works hard like and she she's come a long way uh-huh. you know she she's my oldest daughter mm-hmm. um and I know that uh, she's watched me mm-hmm. you know and she's um I think she's she's taking her business to the to the next level and I, and I love it. But what I can say about it, she simplified her business so much. Mm. Like, I remember in the beginning when she used to run around crazy, like, you know what I'm saying, running all the way out Columbia to do a consultation for $50. And and I used to tell her, like, why you running? You know, but people had that doubt when they first opened up businesses. Mm -hmm. And so they kind of undersell themselves. And, uh, but like now, she just, she do everything from home. She do she had contractors come out. She just mm. push a button and it's done. Like and she, you never see her. You know what That's I'm saying? Crazy. And she just, you know, she been doing eighty, hundred thousand dollar projects and mm. stuff. And everyone, she's just, you know, just had like little four or five thousand dollar out of Ikea. You know, not even that. Probably, you know, a thousand dollars, you know. Mm. But it's just the love and passion that you put into it. So that's why I always tell people, don't worry about the money. Yeah. If you love what you're doing and right. you're passionate about what you do, the money gonna come. Mm. You know what I'm saying? The money gonna come. If you just focus on money, then you you doing a, you, you know, yeah, you're in the wrong business, mm-hmm. you know. The money will come, trust me. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, last last few things, just uh, a few words about legacy. So you just spoke about your daughter. Your daughter's mm-hmm. in business. She's rocking and rolling. Um, you know, in a few words, what could you say you would want um, your legacy to be, you know, in, in this in this business and what you brought to the people? Mm. That's deep, you know. To me, you know, um, I I had to change the whole cycle of my family. You know what I'm saying? So it was it was kind of like it was imperative upon me to, you know, lead the way for my family. You know what I'm saying? Because um, we really we came from nothing. We ain't really my family ain't really had to. We weren't no business people. We wasn't no educated people. We was you know we was we was just strong like people that had some integrity. But like um, to me, you know, it's like. I don't want to just be on this earth just to be on this earth. You know mm. what I'm saying? I want to be somebody that's special. You know, yeah. I want to be somebody that my kids can look up to, you mm. know what I'm saying, when I'm gone. Yeah. And they make it have some benefits to when, you know, even when I leave this earth. Mm. You know, I want people to be able to say, you know, he, this was a good brother. Or, you know, I want my name to live on, mm. you know, and probably the businesses too, yeah. you know. Um, because you know, sometimes you got people that's out here, and they may they may die today, yeah. and you may never hear about them again. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And then you got some people that may, you know, they may die, and their name their name might live on for the next hundred years. You sure. know what I'm saying? And you know, um, it's just about being able to, you know, have a good reputation for my family, and I want to leave a, a long line of entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, when I first when I came back to uh, the city after doing this very bit and I came home. The first spot I came to was Mashed Ohio. Mm. You know, but I immediately noticed that there wasn't a lot of black owned real estate in the area. It wasn't mm. a lot of black owned businesses. And it just made me think like, you know, made me think different. Yeah. I felt like I wanted to own a business because right. I I wanted to, you know, leave some I wanted I like I like things. I like nice things, but mm. it's not just about that. It's about that security mm-hmm. of having that real estate, having that property, having that, I don't have to get up and go work for anybody. I don't mm-hmm. have to get up and pay rent. Mm-hmm. You know, that was, that was scary for me, you <laughs> right. know, cause paying rent every month, them bills come like right. that. Yeah. And, and 
what paying rent for me made me think about I got to get up and go to work every day, whether right. I felt like it or not. Right. And that's not a good position to be right. in. You right. know what I'm saying? I like being free. Right. So it's more about, it's not even really about the money for me. Mm-hmm. It's about being free, about being able to do what I want to do and make my own decisions right. and create my own lane. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. Right. That's amazing. Um, so it's just been a pleasure just being here. I mean, of course, we can talk offline all the I time. Gotta, I got to oh, yeah. introduce my wife. She give me the <laughs> No. Um, but, uh, but basically, um, Cherie's one of the people who, who said, you know, go ahead and, and, and build a podcast. And that's something, you know, that I, went, I was like, all right, forget it, I'm going to go ahead and do it. Um, he's also uh, was gracious enough to say, hey, I'm going to be one of your first sponsors. So I got to thank you for that. Um, but the basis of this is, is that people going above and beyond, it could be their circumstances, their history the cycles that he just spoke to and being able to accomplish and just persevere. And so um, I'm somebody who believes uh, in other people, um, who is inspired by other people. And so hopefully his story about going above and beyond has inspired y'all to to get up right now and go get what you need to get done. So thank you all so much. Salam. Salam. Salam.